Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. This week, I want to take you up a tall mountain. We're going to go climb a tall mountain together, a mountain in Galilee, the mountain where Jesus was transfigured, because the Catholic Church this week celebrates the great feast of the transfiguration. But what is it really all about? Have you ever wondered that? What, what is the meaning of this spectacular display of Christ's glory? You know the story. He goes up the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and a cloud comes down, and his face starts shining like the sun, and his clothes become dazzling white, and the, this heavenly voice speaks through the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And then the scene ends. What is this scene really all about? And what difference does it make in my life? Does it really make any difference, the transfiguration? Well, I would say it makes all the difference because this is one of the most important moments in Jesus's life. In fact, there's a whole mystery of the rosary dedicated to this scene, the fourth luminous mystery, the transfiguration. This is a a crucial turning point in Jesus's life, and it tells us a lot about our own lives. But yet, if you ask the average Catholic, what is the transfiguration all about? They would say, um, I'm not sure, <laughs> I think. Uh, I know I've had bishops even come and ask me, you know, what do I preach on for the transfiguration? I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what to talk about, <laughs> you know? And uh, I, I want to unpack that for us today. I want us to see that this isn't just a spectacular moment where Jesus is shining and we're supposed to just sit back and applaud. Way to go, Jesus. That's really cool. No, no. This is a a great moment that Jesus gave, not just for himself, but for us. So we have a window into seeing the great work of transfiguration he wants to do in our own lives. Yes, you see, Jesus wants to transform us. He wants to meet us in our weakness, our brokenness, our sinfulness, but he wants to transform us so that we could share in his glory and radiate his glory in the world. And that's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. And uh, I want to ask your prayers for something this week. Can I do that here? Can you can you pray for a special intention? I've been working this summer with 800 plus uh, of the Focus missionaries. The, you're familiar with Focus Fellowship at Catholic University students. These are young people in their 20s, recent graduates from college uh, that after they graduate from college, they dedicate two, three, four, five years of their life uh, to go do the work of evangelization in one of the hardest areas, one of the hardest cultures to break into, and that's college campuses. <laughs> and so uh, they've been, we've been having to do all of our training uh, virtually online at different points in the summer because of COVID. And they are finishing up their last week right now of their summer training, and they're, they're going to have a commissioning mass this upcoming Sunday. Uh, and that's when they're going to they're gonna make their oath of fidelity, fidelity to the church, a beautiful ritual, and then they'll be commissioned to go off for this great work. So could you pray for them all? Uh, I know uh, about three of 300 plus new missionaries. So they're brand new. They're, they're, I'm sure they're a little nervous stepping foot on campus for the first time. Uh, there's others who've been with us for many, many years. The veterans that are with us as well, they could use your prayers as they go out and, and fight the great spiritual battles in the new evangelization on college campuses. So if you could please pray for all the focused missionaries, I would be very grateful. Now, I want to bring you back to the mountain of the transfiguration. 
And in Galilee, there's a mountain called Mount Tabor or Tabor uh, that is traditionally believed to be where the the transfiguration took place. It might have been another mountain. We could debate that another time, but this is the place pilgrims go to the most. And uh, this year, you know, if you've ever been up there, you go up this winding road and you have to take these these small little vans that you can't even take the big charter buses up there because it's a kind of a, you got the hairpin turns back and forth, back and forth going up the mountain and, uh, and I, this year, I, I never had done this before. I always wanted to, but I went with a group of our pilgrims, a small group of us. We decided we're going to just walk the mountain. Uh, so we climbed the mountain up and we, we went up there and it was a beautiful hike, beautiful views, great conversation. Uh, great to great to do that. But I was thinking about Peter, James and John and going, wow, they came up maybe a mountain like this. Uh, maybe it was even taller than this, but that took a while. And uh, as they went up that mountain, and they experienced the transfiguration, what were they thinking? That's the experience I want to bring you into. I want you to see and hear the story of the transfiguration the way Peter, James, and John would have seen and heard it. Because all the events that were unfolding right before them on that mountain, they were very familiar with those events. I'm sure that as they saw one after another after another, they all of a sudden start putting the pieces together and say, we know this. We know this story. This is like a remake of an oldie, an old song being resung again. <laughs> uh, this is, in other words, the events of the transfiguration would bring to mind for any first century Jew, like Peter, James, and John, it would bring to mind another dramatic event that took place in Israel's history long, long ago in the book of Exodus on another great mountain with another great leader when Moses led the people to Mount Sinai. And and they were going to make their covenant with God at Mount Sinai. God was going to come down and give them the Ten Commandments, and they were going to seal themselves in, in, in covenant union to be God's chosen people. That foundational moment in Israel's history, Moses goes up a mountain, and a lot of things happened to Moses and his friends that day that are almost exactly what happened to Jesus and Peter, James and John, and what they witnessed in the transfiguration. So let me bring you back to that other mountain, Mount Sinai now, and let's go back to the passage. It's Exodus chapter 24, I want, and I want you just to listen. Listen to what happened here. And as I tell you this, you're going to go, that sounds familiar. Oh, that sounds familiar because it sounds like the transfiguration. But here's what happens. So the Israelites, Israelites, they arrive at Mount Sinai after fleeing from Egypt in the Exodus, and that's where they're going to make their covenant with God to be sealed as the chosen people. But while they're there, Moses set aside three of his closest associates. He called them aside, three of them, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. And he invites them to go with him up the tall mountain. Now, does that sound familiar? (laughs) So Moses chooses three, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, to go up the tall mountain. And then when they go up there, the glory of the Lord covers them. The glory of God's holy presence made manifest in the form of a cloud. They call this the glory cloud, the Shekinah glory cloud. The glory cloud descends on the mountain uh, and it's there for six days. And then on the seventh day, it says in Exodus 24, you read all about this in Exodus 24, uh, but in verses 9 through 17, it tells us on the seventh day, a voice called out from the cloud to give Moses the Ten Commandments and the tablets of stone. And so just keep that in mind. That's a little detail. On the seventh day was when a voice called out from the cloud. And that's when Moses got the the, the commandments. And then uh, while they stayed at Mount Sinai, Moses's face 
began to shine, shine very brightly because he had been talking to God. Moses would go into the, the tent of meeting, the, the holy sanctuary where God's presence had dwelt and, and, and he would draw near to God and he'd be talking to God and, it, and his face started to shine because he was radiating, if you will, the, the holy presence of God reflecting it. In fact, when the people saw Moses' radiant face, they were in awe. They were just in awe seeing his radiance and they were afraid to come near him. You can read about that in Exodus 34, verses 29 and 30. But my point is, in telling you these little details is, doesn't this all sound a little familiar? <laughs> Did you notice the parallels? Think about the parallels between Moses at Mount Sinai and Jesus at the transfiguration. Just as Moses brought the people to Mount Sinai as he was announcing the covenant, the first covenant, the, the, the covenant that made Israel the chosen people of God. And that's when they got the Ten Commandments. So Jesus goes to a mountain as he's announcing a new covenant. That's what he's doing. And he's announcing the kingdom of God. It's, it's the coming of the new covenant age. And like Moses, Jesus is going to set aside three of his 12 apostles. He's going to choose three of his closest co-workers, Peter, James, and John, to go with him up the mountain. Just like Moses grabbed Peter or, or grabbed uh, uh, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu to go with him up the mountain, and then at the height of the transfiguration scene with Jesus, the cloud of glory appears again. God's cloud comes down upon the mountain and overshadows them, just like the cloud covered Moses and the Israelite leaders at Mount Sinai. And similarly, just you know, while they're on top of the mountain, what happens to Jesus? His face starts to shine brightly, like Moses's face was shining. Uh, Jesus's face shines brightly, and the apostles fall down in awe. They're in awe over Jesus's radiant face, just like the the Israelites were in awe when they saw Moses's radiant face. And then, just as a heavenly voice called out from the cloud to give Moses the old law. So now the Father's voice, the Heavenly Father's voice calls out from the cloud again to reveal the new law in Jesus. Who is Jesus? The Father says through the voice from the cloud, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased to listen to him. And here's what's really fascinating. The voice of God speaks these words on the seventh day. It's fascinating. When you read Matthew's gospel, it sets up the whole scene in Matthew chapter 17, verse one. It says, after six days, Jesus went with Peter, James, and John up the mountain. Uh, just like on the seventh day at Mount Sinai in Exodus 24 was when the voice came from the cloud speaking on the seventh day and giving Moses the 10 commandments. Uh, so all these parallels, isn't that fascinating? You know, so if you're Peter, James, or John, and you're just witnessing these events for the first time, uh, watching them one after another, after another, you would start to put the pieces together. Oh, this is like a reenactment of Exodus 24. It's a reenactment of what happened with Moses, uh, and, and, and the people of Israel at Mount Sinai when they were forging the covenant, the covenant God made with his chosen people. And so that's telling them Jesus is about to forge a new covenant with his people. And, and they're the new leaders to be with him on this, in this amazing event. Now, that's just one piece of the puzzle. There's a lot of parallels between Moses and Jesus for sure. But as amazing as these similarities are between Moses and Jesus, the gospels are very careful to note that Jesus is vastly superior. Yes, there's a lot of parallels with Moses, but 
Jesus is much greater than Moses was. First of all, Jesus outshines Moses. <laughs> Moses's face was described simply as shining. Yeah, Mo- Moses had a shining face. That's pretty good. But the Gospel of Matthew describes Jesus's face is shining brightly like the sun. <laughs> so, you know, even even more radiant than than Moses was. Uh, and Jesus is radiating the divine glory so much that even his garments appear white as light. So uh, again, Moses didn't have anything like that. Moses just was was just you know shining. Jesus is shining like the sun, and and his clothes are are white as light. So much more radiance with Jesus than there was with Moses. Similarly, while the event reveals Jesus's divinity, we can also see that it manifests his glorified humanity because having a shining face doesn't mean one's divine, you know, right? Moses had a shining face, you know, he wasn't divine. He, but Moses was simply reflecting the glory of God. But when we contemplate the transfigured Jesus, we see not only a glimpse of his divinity, but also a view of his glorified humanity, which perfectly reflects God's glory. In turn, we get a snapshot of how our own fallen humanity is meant to be healed, perfected, and glory, and, and clothed with the glory of God. And this is what I really want to make sure we take away today, is when we look at Jesus and we see him transfigured on this great feast coming up here uh, in, in this week, I, I want us to, to not just put him on a pedestal and say, wow, that was amazing. It, it's showing his divinity. That's awesome. And, and it is, but it does so much more. It's also pointing to the great work God wants to do in our lives. Uh, God wants to transfigure us. And you, look, you get a glimpse, you look at Jesus, and we see what, what happened with Jesus. We, we're, we're called to be conformed to Christ. In fact, St. Paul uses this, some of this imagery from the transfiguration to describe the work he wants to do in our souls. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, Paul views the transfiguration of Moses' face and the, and the transfiguration of Christ's face as a sign of the transfiguration he wants to bring about in all our lives. He says, and we, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. That's the great work that God is doing in us. He's changing us. We might be sinners. We might struggle. We might have lots of weaknesses and fears and and many, many defects in our character that hold us back. And yet what Jesus wants to do is meet us in the valley so he could take us up to the Mount of Transfiguration. He wants to transfigure us. He wants to make us so radiant that we begin to reflect the glory of God. You see, this is the powerful message of the transfiguration for our lives today. The transfiguration is not just a magnificent magnificent scene, the life of Jesus we're supposed to admire from afar, again, just to applaud and go, that was beautiful, Jesus. No, no, it's a sign of what Jesus wants to do in all of us. He wants us to share in his glory. He wants to change us. Indeed, he is calling us to be changed into his likeness from one degree of glory to another. So I invite you in this week of the transfiguration and every and any time you contemplate the scene, especially when you come to it in the fourth luminous mystery of the rosary, I want you to, to yes, praise God, be in awe like Peter, James, and John were, fall on your knees and, and be in awe over the mystery of the transfiguration in Jesus. But let it also be a sign of hope for you 
that no matter what burdens you carry in life, no matter what slavery you have to to certain sins, whatever addictions you struggle with, whatever weaknesses that, that weigh you down, that your ultimate destiny is that transfiguration, that mountain peak experience, that God wants to change you. And he really is going to meet you where you're at to transform you. If we're faithful to him, if we go to him each day, if we rely on him, that's the message of the transfiguration. So I hope this has been helpful. Hope this helps you get into this great feast day uh, here this week. Uh, Once again, I want to encourage you, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share this with other people that they may be blessed by it as well. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me at edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. And you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last thing, the book that I'm drawing upon, I have some reflections on the transfiguration in my book on the rosary. It's called Praying the Rosary Like Never Before. I have a little reflection on the fourth luminous mystery. You could learn more about the transfiguration there, or you can check out my book on Matthew's gospel that walks through all the different scenes, including this one on the transfiguration for this year, which is the year focused on the, the gospel of Matthew in, this, in the Sunday readings. So you could check out my book on Matthew's gospel called God With Us, Encountering Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless.